we're looking at a very interesting passage of scripture. And this passage of scripture, I trust will be um, a reminder to us as we think about what God's word has to say. We're going to be uh, looking in the book of Matthew. And in Matthew, and it's about the ninth chapter, and about the 27th verse, it's, the title will be, It's Your Call. What is it? What's the word again? My fact is up there, so we can't, can't forget it. it. It's your call. Um, and we want to analyze that. We want to really put it in perspective. Because a lot of times we want things to happen. And really, it's in your corner. It doesn't happen because you decide not to make it happen. Okay. There shouldn't be a stressed out, knocked out Christian here in this room. If so, and I can prove it, there had to be a violation of a scripture in the word of God. Well, you'll know my circumstances. It does not matter what your circumstances is. I know the God of your circumstances. And the God of our circumstances says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. So if dad is with you all the time, why are you stressed out? Does that make sense? At least. So my prayer is that as we go through this, that we'll understand it. Um, my prayer is for clarity. So <clears throat> Matthew 9, 27, you probably know the verse and as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can, I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. You know, a lot of folks say, Do you believe that God can do it? They say, Yes, God can do it, you know. You know, do you believe that God can turn your circumstances around? Yes, God can do it. God is real. Well, you see, but God has a tag on the other part of it. Watch this. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. In other words, it's your call. You followed me, you cried, son of David and everything else, and you said yes. But if you really don't believe what God is saying, it's your call. Don't blame it on God. It's your call. That's what I want to challenge you to this morning. There's a lot of things and a lot of times we drag our feet because we think that God's supposed to do our work. No, he's not. He's not. So, and their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it. Watch what they did. There's that word, that first conjunction. What is it? <laughs> Which means they went away and spread his fame throughout all the district. Well, you see, really, this is not, this, uh, this, is, this is important, but not that important. That is, that's not the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is here. According to your faith, be it done to you. 
You blind, you've been blind all your life and everything else. You followed me. You said, son of David, and you just opened my eyes. And I said, okay, good. You walk, follow me into the house. Okay. If you're that desperate, then if, and if you really, and you say with your mouth, you believe it, then based on what you say, either you'll see today or you'll walk out of here blind. Now, that's putting it on the line, isn't it? The Lord put it on the line for him and for us. Quit asking God for stuff that you don't expect him to deliver. For without faith it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Don't insult our father when he have, he have from the foundation of the world chose you in the beloved. And then have given you a future. And now in this interim period, you have, don't have time to even take the and pause to at least trust them in the process. Don't hope God do anything. Trust him. Trust him. It's your call. Defining the term. It is a defining moment where everything rests on a critical decision that will affect an inevitable outcome. If the doctor says you ought to take this medicine and, uh, and you decide not to, then don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on anybody but yourself because you are given the responsibility. It's your call. If you want to walk around with your lips hanging down like a baby bib, don't blame it on God. It's your call. It's your call. It, you know what we'll say to some, some individual? Grow up. And the more we grow, the more, those, the more we take those steps, the more we learn how to just really trust him. Because whatever choice you make, there is an inevitable outcome. Our, God, our Father, has given us the freedom of choice, but not control of the results. Just in case you were looking down at the iPad or looked out the window and missed it, let's read that little part again. Ready? All together like a big family. Ready? God, our Father, have given us the freedom of choice, but not the control of the results. If you choose to do it God's way, he backs it up. If you choose to do it God's way, he's got you 100%. But if you choose to do it your way, guess what? You have to pay the price there. So, the Bible is replete of forward individuals who um, had to make decisions with the outcome affecting their future and the lives of others. See, a lot of times when we make decisions, we think we're making decisions for ourselves. Don't you realize that you're affecting others? Uh, pastors and, at the, a few of pastors and I were around the table and we were um, uh, talking about attendance and everything else. And many of them were relating as to 
how the congregation has been affected. And one of them was, well, the, the conversation on the table was this. Here's what we, we come to the conclusion, an observation. I'm getting real with you. When we say Sunday school, and you don't have time for it, it's your call. When we say morning worship, we're going to meet God here at 1030. It's your call. If I said be here because I have given you a whole week in Hawaii, all paid and everything else, but you have to be at 1030, how many folks do you think will show up? You think folks would say, well, I, don't know, I really don't like the warm weather. You show up. If I say be here at 1030, and I said when you come here for 1030, then for the whole year, your rent or whatever it is that needs to be paid will be paid. I mean, folks, I don't even know. Who, who are you? you know? <laughs> Showing up. And, and the thing, the reason that they show up, it was their call. They can either reject it or they can move on. And so it is a timeless principle. From the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, it was their call. Satan did not twist anybody's arm. It's your call. Thinking it through. We are given the freedom of choosing how we respond to a crisis. Um, a crisis. Let us consider this biblical pattern. Number one, the crisis. Number two, the challenge. And number three, the cure. Now, let me go back up to this word crisis. The reason I put it, the piece, the problem, because we talked about problems, right? I hope everybody's on the same page. You don't have a problem. There's no such thing as a problem. You have a situation, you see. You have a condition. You have a circumstance. You don't have a problem. Saints don't have problems when God is in the center of it. There are situations that they had to make a decision to trust him. But when it comes down to problems, no, no. Now, you'll be in a crisis. And one thing about a crisis, the moment that you enter into a crisis situation, then you'll never, it will never, and you will never be the same once you come out of it. Because there's, there are some steps that you have to go through. Well, these men were blind. Doesn't say how long they were blind. I, uh, I even practiced in the bedroom. I said, let me just close my eyes, totally darkness, and let me just walk. And I said, nah, dear good, dear good. That felt good, that felt good. Now let me sit on the bed, and I, and I almost missed the bed. And I opened my eyes. I didn't know. I said, oh, I said, praise the Lord for sight. You know? <laughs> I can take this experiment too long, you know, too far. <laughs> but I just imagine somebody who, who wakes up and it's still dark. And when he goes to sleep, it's still dark. There's no future. They couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't go worship with other folks. Their whole life was turned upside down. So let's go into the crisis. When we talk about the crisis, 
verse 27. It reads as follows again. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him. Look at the words. Two blind men did it. What? They followed him. Then notice the next verb. Crying. Okay. Have mercy on us, son of God. I don't know how many people were following Jesus, but these two blind men, these, these brothers stayed together. And both of them say, we're going to get his attention. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Have mercy on me. And one thing about it is that when you're in a crisis situation, it's out of your control. You know, when you're driving, all of a sudden, you get a sudden flat, and all of a sudden, the wheel is wobbling uh, on the highway. That's when your prayer life goes up 10 or 15 notches. And the whole idea is that you're, you're crying. It's out of control. These guys are saying, Lord, we can't handle this. God is good at dealing with things you can't handle. They made a good decision. Good Bible lesson. Blind, got problems and everything else. Do what they did. Don't try to handle it yourself. What are you supposed to do? Cry out to God. You know, I, I, but I noticed something when they cried out to Jesus that um, I'm always looking for the little nicks, okay? Watch this. There are three things we need to see from this verse. Number one, God showed timing. God showed up in, in the, the lives of two blind men whose lives were severely challenged by blindness. Two, two desperate men who realized their defining moment was uh, to believe, seek, and ask for a miracle in their life. Uh, everybody agree with that? Next, two desperate men who loudly voiced their plea of mercy to the only one that was able to make a difference. Did they do all that they supposed to do up to that point? It seemed like it, right? Lord, I'm, I'm having challenges here. And they're saying, Lord, you can make a difference. So I kept on reading. But the Lord slowed me down in the reading. I said, now, wait a minute. Watch what happens here. That sometimes we'll kind of skirt over. Watch this. Consider the obvious. Jesus did not immediately stop. He could have, but he didn't. Why? In other words, they're crying after Jesus in the street. There's a number of times that Jesus have healed individuals. And all he had to do was speak the word. Why didn't he stop? See, don't try to put God in a box. Lord, do this, da 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 and this is supposed to happen. And then when God doesn't do it, now we're stressed out because he didn't do it. Why? Because he's God. You're on his watch. He'll do it when he wants to. He's not your bellhop, connoisseur, or anyone else. He's God. So as they were crying, have mercy on us, son of David, Jesus Christ kept walking. <laughs> as if he didn't hear them. The Bible didn't say he turned around and looked at me. He just, he just walked into the house. Well, they were persistent. We won't follow Jesus in the house. We, I got to think, no, no, you're not going to do it. No, you didn't. Let's go right into the house with him. <laughs> and walked right up in the house. Now, I don't know who house it was, but uh, 
But you know, but when you're desperate, and here, now get this now. When you're desperate, get this picture. What are the odds of your being blind and the God who created you shows up? And when he created you and he shows up, he's not listening to you. At what point do you give up or do you keep on going? They said, well, we're going to follow, we're going to follow them up in the house. Then, you know, uh, <laughs> Hello, we're, following, we're here with Jesus, you know. Jesus? <laughs> they needed something in their lives. And when God gets you to the point of understanding, don't, do you really need this to happen? Are you serious about this? Then are you serious in your theology? Do you think that I can do this for you? And if you think that I can do this for you, why are you been out of shape? Why are you, you know? Keep following me. The lesson is don't give up following him because he don't answer you when you expected him to answer you. You see, we have uh, expectations. I'm blind and I'm crowd to Jesus. Jesus, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then what he's going to do, he's going to stop. And he's going to stop the crowd and he's going to look at me and say, receive your sight. Not. He kept on walking. And the walking, the more he walked and where he went, stretched those individuals. Everybody with me so far? Stretched them to the place that the Lord wanted them to be. For after he does a thing in their lives, they have a testimony. That's why God permits things to happen, and it seems like it's impossible, and you can't see your way, and God says, good. And then they're going to say, how's your theology? What do you think about me? Here are a few snapshots of desperate people. One, what are they? They're determined. Two, dependent. Desperate people are dependent people. Okay. I never saw a desperate, independent, do-it-myself type of person uh, now, there's a word called stupid, but I mean, when it comes down to desperate, when you're desperate about a situation like this, it's important. The next one is, they are in need of immediate intervention. It's not one of those come back tomorrow type of things. Lord, I'm blind. We've been blind. We're struggling with this thing. Will you help us? Number two, the challenge. When we talk about the challenge, when he entered the house, the blind men came to him and, and, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And he said to him, yes, Lord. Observation. What we are observing is the dynamic activity between the spiritual and physical realm addressing a crisis. Here's God who's able to do it. And here's people who are desperate. And now they have come to the point where do you think, do you believe, not think, do you believe that I can do what needs to be done in this situation? 
Whatever your situation is this morning, the question on the table is not whether God can do it. He has a track record. Just read the Bible. He has a good track record. He always shows up on time, doesn't he? Uh, ask Daniel. He always shows up on time. See? Ask Joseph. He always shows up on time. And so it's not, that's not the issue. The real issue here that we're talking about is do we believe him? And so you, every time that you run into a challenge in your life, a character builder in your life, the question's going to come up. Do you believe that I can take you beyond this and give you strength for the moment? And if it's yes, it's like pushing a button. You go on to the next, next step. If you keep your silence, if you hesitate, you're going to stay in immaturity. God does not bless immaturity, especially deliberate immaturity, stagnation when you decide to do it on your terms. In the lives of these two men, this was the de defining moment. They had to believe three significant things. One, to confess with their mouths that they believe in their hearts about the power of God. Confess with their mouths. Number two is that God is able. You have to believe God, believe that he's able, and to be willing to trust and leave the results in his hands. And don't tell the Lord how to handle your problem. They didn't come into the room and saying, Lord, we want to receive our sight. Put your hands on our eyes. No, 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 no. Just come to him just as you are. Because God is a way maker. I don't know whether you've been practicing this during the week. Why do you think you have some of these challenges in, in the week? A number of times it's because we have operated in the flesh when the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll do what? He'll direct your path. So the things that stress us out is because the things that's stressing us, we never took it to the altar. And we're supposed to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. How many times God had to say that? Oh, by the way, it's your call. It's your call. Examples. Remember, um, Martha was challenged to believe. Lazarus have died. Uh, Mary is back in the house, and Jesus has come. He waited three days, and then he decided to come. And Martha was saying, if you had only been here, Lazarus would have not died. And Jesus said to her, he'll live again. And then Martha gives her eschatology, eschatology uh, uh, presentation. I know that the resurrection, you know, and he'll be raised. And he, he stopped. No, 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 no. Let me stop you right here. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believe in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. Then he asked him her question. Believest thou this? It's your call now. 
Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. It's time that God takes you to a point. He's going to ask you a question. The circumstances he has, you are developing. The thing that will move you to the next level is, are you willing to believe? And if it's not, John 9.35, blind man restored sight and then being uh, put out of the, the synagogue. Jesus told him to go wash his eyes, and he, and he came back seeing and the whole scenario. And they said, how did you learn to see, and how did you get to see? And uh, asked the parents, they asked him, he's grown. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened. Here's my testimony. I was blind, and this person came, and he put uh, some stuff in my eyes. I went and washed, and I'm able to see. They came back to him again and said, I once was blind, but now I see. So, so these scholars and everything else, they say, well, kick him out of the synagogue. Oh, now, that's, that's a person's life during that time. So as they kick him out, he's out there and Jesus meet him. And he challenged him in that area. Say, do you believe? He said, Lord... I, I, I don't know who the person is. I, I really don't know who it is. Show me. And Jesus says, I'm here. And it says he fell down and worshipped. Worshipped him. All oh, the folks will always be in the synagogue. Judging. Putting standards. It's the individual who believed God. And got the facts straight in a difficult situation. And when you're challenged in a difficult situation, keep the facts straight. It's God. The cure. Been very patient. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. You know, I, that's why I underlined that. Just, to, just a reminder. He touched their eyes. He could have just spoken the word, couldn't he? He could have said, open your eyes. Receive your sight. But, but get this. That's just like Jesus. People are primary. He touched their eyes. He became very personal. God is very personal with you. He knows each one of your, your fears, your hang-up, your challenges, and all these other things. But when you believe, when it's your call to believe, and you believe him, not only will he bring about the results, but it will be a personal touch in your life. And some writer wrote, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something happened. But now I know he touched me. Two men, while I went out of there seeing, the results of them, they first start off real desperate and following Jesus and following him into the house. Then when they answered the question, that one question right, now they're walking out of the house with the, being fully sighted, blessed, all on a decision to trust God. 
We come on, on Sunday morning, one, one of the things is not only to worship God, but it's, it's like a filler station to remind you. There's nothing else that needs to be added to you. When a baby is born, a finger, the, the Lord don't come along and give the finger about, when about uh, five months old. Everything is there. Everything you need to have some crazy joy is right there. It's your call. It's your call. If you let the burdens that you're supposed to toss to the Lord overwhelm you, it's your call. It's your call. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread this fame throughout all the district. I thought about that song. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. <laughs> but I couldn't keep it to myself. You can't keep a good thing to yourself. But Jesus said, I, I know Jesus said it, but I just, I got to tell somebody. There's something that happened in my life. I know where I come from. I know where I am. And now I'm able to see. I can go to the synagogue. I can do I I gotta tell somebody what this Jesus did for me. Don't you think that as believers, all this the, the song says, just think of his goodness to you. Can you can you imagine all that God have done from the creation until you were even born, where you were born, who influenced your life, a whole thing, and God still have you, and he's still holding you by your hand. That's the God we serve. The thing that breaks his heart is that a lot of times we take things for granted. I'm supposed to wake up and see. I'm supposed to wake up and get up and walk around. I'm supposed to be able to swallow. I'm supposed to be uh, very astute in my cognitive approach to life. Whatever those words mean. <laughs> but the thing is that through all of this, God gave it to you. And we, take, and we wake up expecting God's supposed to do it the next day. Without even saying thank you when he gives you a day. Amen. These guys, I'm not going to, I can't condemn them. It's just an observation. They couldn't keep, them, keep it to themselves. Repeat that to me. They couldn't keep it to themselves. God saved you. God, you are now part of God's family. You have a new name in glory. You can approach him as God the Father. You mean to tell me you... <laughs> Don't get me started here. Whenever you put it in perspective, whatever you go through is put on a lower level. And so you keep thinking and you keep praising because who God is. Amen? Out of these verses, there are three things we need to consider. Number one, Jesus and his method of healing, he touched their eyes. He made it personal. 
two, he tied their healings to their sincerity, trust, and faith. Next, they had to declare their faith before anything would take place. Observation. The blessings and intervention of God our Father is structured. There's a threefold process. One, let's read it. Our desire must be sincere with no hidden agenda. Two, our declaration of belief must be firm. Three, his interviews will be based on our choice, our call. I, I think that's so important to understand that. Once you get that down, the first thing that's going to happen in your life, guaranteed, is stability. Now, it's going to be rocky at first because you have to get all of yourself out of it. But once you put God in the center of it, oh, the first thing you go is stability. The songwriter wrote, when peace like a river attends my way and, and uh, troubles like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou have taught me to say, it's well with my soul. Paul, Paul said, I've learned how to be in need, and I've learned uh, to uh, be in great warmth, and I've learned, I've, I've been hungry, I've been cold, and I've learned these things. But God brought me, to learn means that he had to go through these things. He says, I learned from the experience, trusting God, trusting him. It's very important. Well, his transforming power took place, Matthew 9.30, and their eyes were open. Isn't that just like God? He always brings, when God brings in a, a healing or results, he does it with not going back and have to do it over again. When God heals, his determination of healing is not like, I have to do it over again. When I went to the doctor, he went over my PSA uh, that's dealing with the prostate and the, where I'm at now since 9-11 since now to 2019. And um, he says, here are your numbers. Point zero nine eight. And um, I said, wow. Now for a person my age, it's supposed to be the, the, when they start, they're, they're start scratching their head, it's 6.4. Mine is point zero. See? See? Eight, nine. Point zero, eight, nine. So should I be worried about cancer? If it does come up, God still has it. <laughs> And I don't have to, uh, have to come up with an insurance policy either. Just go to daddy. And then daddy's going to say, do you believe I can handle this? Well, uh, Lord, I, <laughs> yes or no. It's your call. Wherever you, whatever you're going through right now, God can solve it, bring it to fruition. He can do whatever he wants. Is anything too hard for God? Then if, if our theology is firm, and now here's the next step, do you believe that he can do it? Then you move to the next step. 
then if you believe that he can do it, then the button is pushed. God will do it according to his will. And sometimes, like Paul went, went to the Lord three times, and God says, oh, 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 no, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, it's your call to accept where you are. Bottom line, God does not heal everybody. Johnny Erickson Cantata, okay? Uh, easily, uh, all of these various individuals with the various types of uh, situations. And Johnny Erickson Cantata, there was someone worse than she was. There was an immediate transforming formation and a new normal. Their restored sight. Their ability to see and be in control of their lives. Their opportunity and privilege to worship in the temple with others. When they receive their sight, basically it's not to do what you want to do. Don't you understand? This is God's, those are God's ears that you're hearing through. Those are God's eyes. Don't tell God what you're going to do when he's our creator. Ah. My prayer is that we as individuals will learn from this text. No more begging. <laughs> they, they enter into the land of no more. No more situating themselves with, with cups, whatever it was, and no more being afraid of somebody stumbling over you, and no more being in the, uh, when it gets cold and what have you, and, and, and individuals probably have to lead you. No more tapping along and guessing what's going on. No, no. They entered to, into the land of the no mores. That's why they couldn't keep it to themselves. That's why they couldn't keep it to themselves. Well, <clears throat> last, one last thing. You've been very patient. Let's read it together. Following knowledge of Jesus is commendable, but not enough. It requires a personal belief and trust that it will motivate you to be willing to rest on his provisions. Knowing about Jesus it's commendable. But even the demons know. Okay? It's not, this is not enough for believers. But it's not enough. It requires, it, it's a must, a person imperative. It's a person who, uh, a person believe and trust that uh, will motivate you to willingly rest. Trust, rest on his provision. So that being the last thing, then you know what I've been saying all morning. It's your call. No one can decide for you. You want to go stumbling through the week and worried and everything else? It's your call. You want to keep making decisions that, that's been very uh, costly at times? In so many different ways, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, I'm not talking to a particular person. I'm just throwing it out there. It's your call. You want to have a quiet time with the Lord? Yes or no? It's your call. 
But understand, whatever you call, there will be uh, the outcome of that, that call, the results of that, that call. Make sure that it honors God. As we close in prayer, I would like to pray for you. Have you been making some decisions outside of the circle? Are you willing to make that call this morning? Make that decision this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. If you're that person, I would like to pray for any one of you who want to adjust how you've been making decisions. Sometimes we make decisions and then ask God to bless it. God said, I'm not going to bless this mess. I would like to pray for you. If you're that person, just simply say and say, hey, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. And I ask that you help me in my decision making. Since I understand now this morning, it's my call. You give the provisions, but it's my call. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here this morning. I pray, Lord, that we make some adjustments in our scheduling and in our timing and in our plans and all the things that we're doing. Because you have put an ongoing principle until Jesus comes. Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. May we reap, Lord, the things that are of the spirit and have the peace and the joy that only comes from you. I pray for CBF, pray for the dear saints of God, that they, Lord, will know how much you love them personally. Although you're holding the universe in place, feeding every creature and dealing with every situation, you still have time for us. That's mind-boggling. And so, Lord, at least... We can be still and know that you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.